0: But this is very odd. Yeah, it's 3D art. Computers generate them. <laughs> Big computers. Yes, I've heard about these. How do they work? Well, you blur your eyes like you're staring straight through the picture. And you keep your eyes unfocused. And then, I don't see it. Yeah. It's a spaceship surrounded by planets, asteroids. I still don't see it. That's gotcha. you A spaceship, where? Right in here. Just oh. keep your eyes unfocused. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes, yes i think i'm on to some you say keep your eyes out of focus which is misleading you want deep focus welcome to the 117th episode of egg timer philosophy i'm your host eric roark and today a discussion about the most discussed image of the past hundred years or so within contemporary philosophical circles the infamous rabbit duck or duck rabbit illusion Thoughts about this illusion were popularized amongst philosophers following Wittgenstein's discussion of it in his 1953 philosophical investigations. But the image had been discussed and popularized by psychologists such as Joseph Jarstow decades before Wittgenstein. Now, before listening to the rest of the episode, if you're not familiar with the rabbit duck illusion, it's worth giving it a look and maybe a fresh look if you've seen it before. I've included it in the cover art for the episode, but if you want to get a larger view, you can easily find it with a quick Google search, and you should be able to easily find the original image or one of its many newer reconstructions. A bit of history about the illusion. It made its first appearance in an 1892 German humor, humor magazine but we don't know who the illustrator was. It was given apparently as an anonymous submission. The drawing is a fairly basic black and white drawing of what clearly appears to me as a duck. If I was the only person ever to see the image, it wouldn't be much of an illusion at all. That's because if someone were to show me the picture and say, what do you see? I would say a duck straight away. Even if they were to say, look closer, I would look for a few more seconds and say, I'm pretty sure I'm looking at a duck. Now, after learning of the illusion, I can see the image as a rabbit, but I have to shift my eyes and very deliberately try to see the rabbit in order to see something other than a duck. Many listeners will have a completely opposite experience than I do when viewing the image, and you might see a rabbit straight away and have to force yourself or shift your eyes to see a duck. If you have a chance, you might get a group of friends together and see how many ducks and how many rabbits you have in your group. In any group, more than a few people, you'll probably have a decent mix of duck people and rabbit people. And it's a fun example of how people can be looking at the same thing, yet see things very differently. The rabbit-duck illusion offers a lot of ground for philosophical thought because it demonstrates a clear case in which two people, both with the same power of vision, linguistic and conceptual expression, and cultural background, can see and give meaning to the exact same external object in very different ways. Let's first take a look at that same external object idea here. Say you pull up an image of the rabbit duck illusion and make it the size of your laptop screen and your roommate walks through the front door and you show them your computer and you look together at the image and you say, what do you see? This sure seems like a case where you were both perceiving the exact same external object. You're both looking right at the same screen containing one sole image. Your minds are then forming ideas based upon your visual perceptions. You form the idea that this is obviously an image of a duck, while your roommate forms the idea that this is obviously an image of a rabbit. But a really interesting question arises here. Do you and your roommate see the same thing? Remember, you were both looking at the same external object. Your eyes are both fixed on the same computer screen two feet away from both of you. So in this sense, you are seeing the same thing. Now, it's true that even this can be denied. The existence of any object external to the mind is notoriously difficult philosophical territory. Listeners of the Descartes Summer Series that finished up a few episodes ago know all about this. But if we're going to grant that there is an external world separate from our mind, which we then use, as our, use our senses, such as vision, to decipher in some way and form ideas about, there seems to be a strong case that you and your, re- your roommate are indeed both seeing the same thing. But a puzzle forms quickly here. Because even if you and your roommate are seeing the same thing, the digital image before you, it's also obvious that you and your roommate do not see the same thing. If both you and your roommate saw the same thing, then you would both say, hey, there's a duck, or hey, there's a rabbit. But that's not what happens. One of you sees a duck and the other a rabbit. These differing genuine descriptions of the object before both of you suggest that while you are both perceiving or seeing the same object or thing, you both also see different things. A way to describe this phenomena is by considering what Wittgenstein called seeing an aspect. This is often just called aspect perception today. And he applied this idea directly to the rabbit duck illusion. When we have a visual perception, our interpretation of that perception is governed by some set of rules. And those rules will draw our attention towards some aspect of the perception and thereby provide us with meaning associated with our perception. Whatever the mental rules are, they will allow us to make sense of what we are perceiving and find meaning within or from the perception. I'm a duck person because somehow I possess a set of mental rules that signal or decode the squeaky lines of the rabbit-duck illusion as offering the image of a duck and vice versa for a rabbit person. And there's no way I could give a decent articulation of these rules Or their origin that draw me to certain aspects of perception in general or the rabbit-duck illusion specifically maybe they come about from deep evolutionary processes maybe they're given by God maybe they were formed when I was two staring at the left side of my crib instead of the right maybe all these things The possible list of things that could impact the rules we follow to find certain aspects of perception more salient, important, and capable of providing meaning is immense, close to infinite likely. One takeaway or lesson from the rabbit duck illusion is that meaning is not provided to us by the external world. You and your roommate both see the same lines on a screen, But those lines alone don't mean anything to you or your roommate until they are interpreted as an aspect. This is because the external world is just a series of curves, points, and squiggly lines. It doesn't in itself contain meaning. Meaning is something the mind imposes on the world, not the other way around. So, as a strictly perceptual matter, you and your roommate do see the same image. But once you begin to understand what you are seeing is aspect perception, or is aspect, then this notion of aspect perception enters the picture. And when this happens, you can both see different things because your awarenesses are attending to different aspects of your perception. What we see beyond perhaps the first flash or moment of perception is tethered to the meaning that our minds assign it. And I caution here. It's unclear if human beings are even capable of conceptualizing what that first flash of perception, before rules are applied and aspects cajoled, would even be or even be like. We can express the idea. I just did. The flash of perception. But that idea might refer to an experience that isn't humanly possible. It's at least an open question. It could be that all our perceptual experiences must take the form of aspect perception. If this relationship between perception and meaning is on the right path, it would be a mistake to think that the external world provides us with some objective way for everyone to see and understand what they perceive. That's why some of us are duck people and some of us are rabbit people. I hope you've enjoyed this episode about the rabbit-duck illusion and a few, just a few, of its many philosophical implications. You can always reach out to the show at Philosophy at gmail.com, and I hope you'll join me back in a week for another episode. Until then, wishing you good philosophical vibes.